Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. Can you believe that it's the last episode of season three? It seems like just yesterday I was talking about prehistoric cave paintings. This week, I'll be talking about another painting, The Lamentation by Giotto. This work is located in the Arena Chapel. From the outside, this building may seem like a simple family chapel, but in fact, it holds some of the most important art in Western history. One quick note, if you want to learn more about the church and not just this one painting, I talk about it in an episode of my YouTube channel and I've linked it in the accompanying blog post. In order to understand this painting, it's important to first understand the story behind it. Similar to the Pietà scene I discussed last week, the lamentation is the moment after the crucifixion. Christ's lifeless body has been removed from the cross and his family and disciples mourn his passing. This is a time of immense grief, pain, and disbelief. This motif was popular all over Italy and the rest of Europe, accounting for many works throughout the centuries. And as you'll see in this particular one, Giotto captured it beautifully. Now that I've laid out the background information, let's take a look at the painting itself. Firstly, there's a strong diagonal line throughout the composition. This is created through the hill in the background, as well as by the people in the left-hand corner. There's a sense of raw emotion and grief in this work. Mary cradles the body of her son delicately, the disciples throw up their hands and cry, and the angels scream with despair. It is a heartbreaking scene. If you're able to look away from the emotion, you'll be able to see that it doesn't really seem to take place in any particular location. There's a single tree against a dark blue sky, but that could pretty much be anywhere in the world. This detail is important because it allows the viewer to transport the moment into a space that they are familiar with. As I mentioned before, this fresco is located in the Arena Chapel. It's sometimes referred to as the Scrovani Chapel, after the family that built it. This church is a part of the family property in Padua, Italy, a town in northeastern Italy not too far from Venice. Giotto was commissioned to decorate the interior with his studio, and it took him about a year to finish the project. Besides the lamentation scene, he chose to show other moments from Christ's life taken from the New Testament, as well as stories from the Golden Book. This non-canonical text explained the life of the Virgin Mary, as well as the lives of her parents, Joachim and Anna. If you are ever near Padua, I highly recommend taking a trip to see the chapel. It's an incredible space. I was lucky enough to visit it in 2013, and I will never forget it. You might be asking yourself, who were the Scrovani family, and how were they able to afford such a beautiful church? Well, they built their wealth via usury, the charging of interest on loans. While this might seem like a normal thing to our modern ears, it was actually a major sin in the Catholic Church. So, to combat this mortal sin, Enrico Scorvegni, the patriarch of the family, built a large chapel for worship and family burials. He asked Giotto to use the most luxurious materials available, including lapis lazuli, the rich blue, to create the fresco cycle. This would, in the eyes of the family, help to offset their sins and help them get into heaven. Next, we're going to talk about the artist himself, Giotto de Bondone. But first, let's take a quick break.
Welcome to Hashtag History. I'm Rachel. And I'm Leah. And if you're a history nerd, or even a history hater, this is the podcast for you. Even if history was your least favorite subject in school, we can guarantee you will like this podcast because we talk about all the things that your history textbooks did not. Things like how the Bonnie Prince Charles and his Jacobite uprising was a bit of a disaster. Yeah, or how the pharaoh Akhenaten was so disliked by Egyptians that they literally purged his name from nearly all of their records and pretended like he had never existed. And we do all of this while drinking and rating a custom-made cocktail specific to that week's topic. So grab a drink, take a seat, and hang out with us each week as we learn all about history's greatest stories of controversy, conspiracy, and corruption. corruption. Now that we're back, let's dive into the life of one of the most important artists in Western art history, Giotto di Bondone. He was born around 1267 in Florence, Italy. Details outside of his art are slim, but historians do know that he married and had eight children. It is believed at least one of his sons joined his studio as an artist. Most historians agree that Giotto was an apprentice to another Florentine painter, Cimabue. Both painters went to Assisi to decorate the Church of St. Francis. There has been much debate between art historians of who painted which frescoes. Unfortunately, all of the records were lost during the Napoleonic invasion, so it's doubtful that we will ever know for certain. Besides the Church of St. Francis of Assisi and the Arena Chapel, Giotto is also famous for his Ogni Santi Madonna, the Crucifixion of Rimini, and the Badia Polytipped. His style is essentially a stepping stone in the history of art. I do have a full video on Giotto on my YouTube channel. If you're interested, check it out using the link in the blog post. For many art historians, Giotto is considered one of the first artists to begin to explore techniques used in the Renaissance. Firstly, he began to play with three-dimensionality. He likely used techniques he picked up from his mentor, Cimabue, and then expanded upon them in his own work. Giotto achieved this by not only including a background and placing individual figures in front of it, but he also gave the bodies of the figures weight. You can see this by looking at their elbows and knees. They poke out of the fabric and the fabric also drapes around them. This makes them seem like they are outside of the space and not pressed up flat against it. Another way that Giotto changed art was by his depiction of human emotions. Before his time, figures, especially religious ones, were stoic. There was no emotion, no feeling, and their faces were flat but Giotto chose to present them as feeling grief and suffering in the moment of Jesus' death. Between the tears, arm gestures, facial and body expressions, it's easy for the viewer to sense the pain that the figures were going through. It helps us to connect to the divine on an entirely new level, not seen for centuries. Art historians have categorized Giotto's art as proto-Renaissance. Essentially, it's a style that's not quite medieval, but it's not quite the Renaissance either. However, it's clear that Giotto was moving towards something new. We can see this in the elements discussed before. However, there are still holdovers from the medieval and Byzantine period, the heavy halos and the rich colors. This isn't entirely surprising as Padua is close to Venice, which was under Byzantine control around this time. The exploration of new techniques and an evolution of style is what makes this work, and Giotto in general, so revolutionary. 
The Lamentation by Giotto is more than just a fresco in a church in Italy. It represents the inkling of a new age of artistic expression. Make sure to tune in next week for the beginning of season four. I'm moving into the Northern Renaissance with an episode about one of my all-time favorite works, the Marode Altarpiece. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.